This is Jewish Board Talk with Sharif Zephard, only on 101.9 High FM. Fiona Ramsey is one of South Africa's leading actresses on stage, television, and film. She's also head of department for theater and performance at Witts School of Arts and the artistic director of the Witts Theater Complex. Fiona is the director of the play Country Duty, currently on at the Theater on the Square. And the play deals with the whistleblowers in South Africa and the complex relationship they have with the media. I'm delighted to have Fiona now join me to tell me more. Fiona, welcome and thank you so much for joining me. Good morning. Thank you very much. Fiona, what is the relationship between a playwright, a director, and an actress? Well, um, it's quite an interesting question you ask because um, with a one-person show particularly, um, you know, so much, it, 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 it's very, very collaborative um, because you get the play, um, you then read it, you then meet with, uh, you talk to the director or the writer about it, uh, you raise any questions that you have about um, issues that don't sit well, and then you meet with the actress and thrash it out that way. So it's, it's very much a collaborative effort. I see myself as a, a guide dog, a sort of sheep dog. You know, I lay out the, the, the plan and then I know. I gently sometimes nip harder at the heels than other times or just move. I see myself as that guiding the performer to a vision that I have or to an understanding of the character that I have and of the issues in the play. Your leading light is Kuja Green, who is a remarkable actress who absolutely puts herself into this role. And it's, it's such a beautiful play, so well told. The, the, the story is about a whistleblower. But it's more about the relationship whistleblowers in South Africa have with journalists. And it points to that complex relationship. Why is it such a complex relationship? I think um, because of the lack of protection of sources, I think revealing one's sources, those issues are very difficult. Uh, The fine line between legal and ethical. Um, are you in, in, in some countries, um, you are forced by law. If someone takes an issue to court, you're forced by law to reveal your sources. And so it's been a murky area for many, many years. Um, and um, as you probably saw, I dedicated the, um, the production to my father, who was a part of the Right to Know campaign, Media Freedom, Misa, Sanef, you know, and he was kind of lauded as a world press hero for championing all his life. So I was very exposed to it. I was very exposed to this world of what happened, being involved in conversations with my father when he was um, editor and, and, and the government was wanted one of his journalists to reveal their sources and where did they get it. So I was very much involved. I think that it's a bit like the relationship between police, police and criminals. Uh, it's although they're they're at the opposite end of the cold face, you know, there's a lot of collaboration between them to solve crime. And so I think it's in a way a similar symbiosis. I think that that obviously the whistleblower and 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 journalists if they're on the same side usually they're wanting to 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 access the information in in the hope of uncovering some uh, malfeasance, uh, as as the word is these days, that everyone uses some malfeasance. And um, journalists try as they might. Of course, I think it's more complex now because of fake news. Um, And I think because of social media and how a misunderstanding or a misquote or a complete lie can be um, promulgated. So I think it's a more complex environment than it used to be. 
Fiona, you mentioned your father. I didn't realize till I read the program that you you didn't mention his name. Uh, Raymond Lowe, of course, is your is your late dad. Um, his name, and you know, you feel the personal. Um, but also, your your actress is a young black woman, so it's her voice throughout. And being South Africa, there are all those different layers that need to be dealt with kind of as a black woman dealing with um, what she's dealing with. And I just wondered, woman's perspective, why it was that important that your role was female? I think because as she raises in the play, she wasn't just a whistleblower that was a black male or a white male. She had a lot of things going against her, you know, within a patriarchal society, um, especially within black communities where women are encouraged not to question, not to question the role or the decisions of their elders or that sort of thing. So it's dub- it's doubly problematic. Um, it also raises gender issues between obviously male and female. So it's a complex weave of her decision is actually far more complicated than someone just seeing wrongdoing. And we tried to tease that out by her her conscience, her conscience that was really her dad, who had brought her up to think, to achieve, to not be afraid of being successful. So I think the play actually in its underbelly or the subtexts, as some people call it, really explores far more of the complex fabric of South African society, history where inferiority is perpetuated, The you know, those sort of roles, lack of self-esteem are, are kind of endemic to, uh, you know, many, many environments, especially work environments. And I think what it also touches on is the recent KPMG and uh, Bell Pottinger sort of um, scandals, so to speak. I think it, it touches on that, you know, many, many more Black females are moving into business. There's a lot more in business. And so I find that the my, my, um, Mike's narrative is actually dealing with professional South Africans. And it's something that a lot of our plays, a lot of our literary work doesn't always deal with. Um, I remember many years ago when I was doing Born in the RSA with Barney Simon in 1985, when, of course, there were spies. Uh, It was a similar theme, spies and and obviously states of emergency um, and arrests of children. I remember speaking to Barney and he said to me, you know, intellectual people are not interesting. You know, people that are articulate, people that could talk about things, you know, they're kind of, they're not, they're not entertaining. They're not explosive. You know, there's something far more interesting about someone that is hard done by, that is inarticulate and that we can laugh at and, you know, feel for, but So I think that's where Mike's play is so different. It's tackling a strata of society or community in our society that is facing these identity crises about who do you side with? You know, are you betraying a history of struggle? You know, and so I think it's far more complex, actually, than than one looks at sometimes at, you know, on the face Mm. of it. And at the same time, you get the vulnerability of women, but also the strength of women. It's not, you know, woman as victim. It's also woman as, you know, own agent, which is really, really lovely. I think that's absolutely true. And I think Kujo, as a person to play that, you know, I think her experience in life has contributed to it to a large extent. She is a strong, vocal, outspoken young actress who is very um, 
spiritual. So the, 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 I, I, I said quippingly the other night, I said to her, well, this isn't really a spiritual play. And she said, what do you mean? She said, my father is there. Your father is there all the time. The ancestors, the, the you know, the, what you're gleaning from the wealth of the elders. It's kind of reinforcing what an elder in a society really should be um, and not just accept what he says. He says, it's your decision, but this is how I advise you and you take it from there. It's not a matter of going against some, you know, but of course, also the other thing is the family response to it and how people shy away from any spotlight that's shown on them. I mean, we all people that that have ever been involved in South African politics, you know, who have families who um, say you're bringing shame to the family and don't stick your head above the parapet, keep your head down. And, you know, you can't change anything. Um, And those are the sort of people that perpetuated and do perpetuate globally, uh, the status quo. Fiona, as as an actress, what role do you think the theatre has in bringing about change? I think it's interesting because I'm also adjudicating at FIDA at the moment, which is the school's uh, drama festival, theatre festival. And it's very interesting that a lot of those works are self-penned. And in fact, last night, Mike van Kran was there because one of his shows was being done by the students. I believe it's a set work, Little Red Riding Hood. But the interesting thing is that the comp- the issues are quite complex that the students tackle. There's obviously issues of gender-based violence, but there's, there's so many issues of xenophobia was very much to the fore last night. And so I think that theatre, by virtue of what I see being done in the theatre, is it highlights issues that are patently unjust or inequitable or, or just need addressing, need airing, need debate, need to be thought about. I mean, the whole anti-vax, anti-vaxxers, and there's such a myriad of issues that the globe faces that there's a tendency for us to go, I can't talk about Ukraine. I can't talk about COVID. Don't talk to me about xenophobia. It doesn't affect me. And I think that that's really the role of of theatre. The role of theatre is to observe, to watch, to reveal, to entertain, but to reveal um, reveal personalities, to reveal the fabric of our society, the makeup of our landscape that we live in. And because I believe that we are political animals, whether we kind of accept it or not or take it on. And so that observation of someone just fixing a pothole and someone getting angry with the person is a political debate, actually, at the end of it. So I think theatre hasn't really, not so much to change by virtue of your changed overnight after watching a play, but it does tickle and makes you curious. That's what I think it hopes to do, to untease and unravel some complicated issues. Getting theatre and shows like um, are currently on at the the Santon Theatre in the Square, um, into a broader kind of mainstream culture and society. How far are we from there? I think that, you know, I've just come back from New York where um, I was exposed to a whole, you know, the, the, the Broadway sort of business model in a way. I think in South Africa, it's far more of a problem um, in terms of funding and in terms of how the arts is placed on the kind of political agenda. And I think that that is, impacts hugely on what people put on what they you know it's it's a business model it's got to make money so as much as we we want to raise issues that are pertinent that are important you know abuse depression all those things that are byproducts of covid i think that we, we always need to make money for it to be sustainable and i think that's the bigger picture i feel rather saddened by the fact that very often we are polarized still in our you know the theater that we attend or the theater that appears to us. And I think in this way, this play 
it goes some way in addressing that in a way in making it more accessible to people that may, may not necessarily encounter a personality like Kuja Green's character. Let's talk a little bit now about the magic of theatre because you can't go to the theatre and not experience it. And you are obviously very, um, this is your career, you're a veteran actress. Do you actresses still get nervous for an opening night? Do they still get nervous two weeks into the show? And how important is a standing ovation? To talk about myself, I mean, I used to get terribly nervous. And still to this day, if if a role requires singing, I get rather nervous because it's not my forte. So I get rather nervous. But I would say that as you get older, particularly, some people get more nervous and get stage fright and never go back on stage. People, they have problems, they think they can't remember their lines. I've never been really one to get terribly nervous. Or if I have, I've learned how to contain those nerves. And it becomes excitement. It's a flutter, but it's excitement. And I think that what drives me as a performer is my curiosity. So my curiosity drives me to do certain plays, to get involved with certain uh, productions. Curiosity of, of the youth um, has propelled me into this role as HOD, as head of department at WITS. So I'm curious to see what an audience thinks. So it's far more a bigger picture than just me on the stage and, you know, the immediate response. But uh, a standing ovation is wonderful. And I think what has happened after COVID is the audiences are just so pleased to be back. I'm not saying that shows don't deserve it, but certainly in New York, every play got a standing ovation. And, you know, I kind of thought, well, um, it kind of takes the guilt off the lily a bit. I would encourage it because it gives the actor or the performer such a sense of that they've given something, that they've shared something. And I think that's the important thing that they're acknowledged for that. But I don't really get nervous anymore. I mean, it's interesting. Kujo said to me, I'm not really nervous, but she said, I'm anxious. So it's not really nerves. It's it's anxiety to get it all right. And certainly once you're into two weeks or four weeks or five weeks of the run, it's like a flight every night. It's kind of a journey. It's magical. Although you know where you're going to start and you know where you're going to end, you don't really know what's going to go on in between. You don't know how the audience is going to respond. So it's a journey every night. And I think if you have that sort of sensibility in yourself, you know, theatre remains possible and exciting for you to do. Well, thank you for sharing your journey, uh, Fiona. So the show, it's actually a double bill. It's Country Duty and The New Abnormal. The New Abnormal actors in Shanshla Shabangu. And obviously for Country Duty, it's Kujo Green, directed by Fiona Ramsey. Uh, I urge everybody to go and see it. It is really a beautiful piece of theatre. And uh, yeah, it says a lot and it needs to be said. So we need to listen then. Thank you very much. I think it runs till the 11th of June at, at the Santon Theatre on the Square. And from there, I think it's going to Grahamstown and let's hope it has legs. <laughs> uh, of course, you um, tickets are available at CompuTicket. They're also, you can get them directly from the Theatre on the Square. Just speak to Daphne, who is absolutely amazing in every possible way. And yeah, enjoy. Uh, Fiona, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much. That was Fiona Ramsey talking about the show that she's directing at the Theatre on the Square.